look at the evidence. CSI Vegas, series premiere, tomorrow 10, 9 central on CBS. You're listening to KNEA Jonesboro and KBRI Clarendon. The Ticket. It's time for The Setup, the fastest hour in sports talk here on The Ticket. Here are your hosts, Cade Carlton and Andrew Bowen. All right, welcome in here on a Monday, October 4th, 2021 edition of The Setup here on The Ticket, 95.3, 96.9 FM, The Ticket, AM 970 KNEA, also online at 953theticket.com and through the TuneIn app, by searching for KNEA, Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen here with you for the next hour. Uh, we'll talk. Um, it's going to be a weird week on the uh, show with there being a Thursday night game. So, uh, really, we'll only have today to really kind of go over the Georgia Southern game, which I guess is a good thing, uh, and vent about that. So, we'll spend a good majority of the show going over the Georgia Southern game and kind of where A State goes from here, where A State ranks nationally. Um, and then just kind of get into some of the general college football stuff from the weekend. So, uh, a lot to get into on the show today, but, uh, before we get into anything, Andrew Bowen's going to get us caught up with some headlines. Brought to you by Plaza Tire Service, bringing you the best deals on tires. The road woes continued for Arkansas State football over the weekend as the Red Wolves suffered a 59-33 setback at Georgia Southern to open up Sunbelt Conference play. Both James Blackman and Lane Hatcher threw for two touchdowns apiece, while Corey Rucker hauled in two receiving touchdowns. A-State passed for 443 yards, but the team had trouble stopping the Eagles' rushing attack. Red Wolves are 1-4 going into their Thursday home game against number 15, Coastal Carolina. Moving on to the Razorbacks, they took a hard loss to Georgia on Saturday with a score of 37-0. They were held to just nine first downs and 162 total yards. Arkansas is now 4-1 and lands at number 13 on this most recent AP poll. Cardinals finished their season with a 3-2 loss to the Cubs on Sunday. They will now turn their attention to the postseason wildcard game against the Los Angeles Dodgers on Wednesday. And that's going to be a good matchup. I mean, it'll be interesting. The Dodgers have been kind of this team that's looked really good all year, but towards the end of the year, I don't know. I've noticed some, some faults of their own, but we'll see how that goes. And this has been your Daily Headlines, brought to you by Plaza Tire Service. Now back to Cade. All right. Uh, thank you, Andrew. We only have an hour on the show today, which is not nearly enough to kind of dive in on everything from the weekend, but we're going to do our best. Uh, All right, same song, different verse for A-State football on Saturday afternoon in Statesboro, Georgia. We've said three things over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. They've all been a constant when we talk about A-State football. Don't allow big plays. Get off the field. Establish some type of running game. Uh, one day last week, I can't remember what day it was. I think it was Wednesday. We went over the list of the number of plays a state has given up of 20 or more yards on the season. Uh, at the time we went over that list, that number was, I think 23. We didn't factor in the UCA game. So factor in the UCA game. 
and uh, that number is, I guess it was 24. So it was 24. The number with the UCA game is 28. And then on Saturday, that number jumped all the way up to 37. Oh, boy. Back-to-back weeks where A-State has allowed nine plays in a game of 20 or more yards. Uh, So counting the UCA game, A-State averaging giving up seven and a half yards or seven and a half plays of 20-plus yards per game. Just going off the last four games against FBS competition, A-State averages giving up 9.2 plays of 20-plus yards per game. So that's kind of the, that was kind of the story uh, in that Georgia Southern game on Saturday. A-State scored a couple of late touchdowns to make it, I guess, closer than – the game was even though it was still a 59 to 33 final what a 26 point game at one point Georgia Southern had as large as a 33 point lead uh I mean I guess technically in the first half of play it was still a game I mean Georgia Southern uh I mean it was tied at 10 at one point uh then it was a seven point game and then a state went up 19-17 and then it was 24-19, 24-19, and then it was 31-19, Georgia Southern at the half. So I guess technically throughout the first half of play, it uh, it was still a game, and then A-State got outscored 28-14 in the second half of play. So uh, going back to the big plays, Georgia Southern's plays over 20 yards were 59, 54, 23, 24, 41, 34, 49, 47, and 20. It's not like A-State's just giving up 20 or 25 yards on these plays. They're giving up the whole dang thing. They're giving up 40, 50, 60, 70-yard touchdowns, and it has been a thing all season long. Yeah, you you can't expect to win games giving up that much yardage. I mean, it's just bad. So the defense is bad. I mean, we know this. And, like, listen, it's not like Georgia Southern is this world-beater offense. It'd be different if you're playing, like, Alabama on Saturday, and you give up 59 points and 550 yards of offense. Whatever. You're playing Alabama. No, you're playing Georgia Southern, who is bottom third in the country in total offensive output. They're one of the most one-dimensional offenses in the country. All they do is run the football. They don't pass. They're a triple option team. All they do is run the football. They are not this elite offense. They scored seven points against FAU, who two weeks ago – got beat like 31 to 7 against Air Force. FAU's not good and Georgia Southern couldn't score on them. But yet they hang 59 on A State on Saturday. Here's what I'll say. I think since the since the Memphis game defensively there's been about maybe 6 steps backwards. It's, I mean it's it, a regression every game. It's, it's it's like it's like they have been practicing all of the wrong things and not yes. looking at everything they need to look at. It's a regression every game. It's a regression on effort. It's a regression on tackling. It's a regression on speed. Like, A-State looks slow defensively. Yeah. They aren't getting to the point of contact. They I mean, look- it's, that's, why, that's why teams have nine-plus plays of 20 yards just about every game out because A-State's slow defensively. They don't have the talent defensively. Exactly. It looks like it's almost playing the play to a T and not – you know, having recognizing the play on your own. Yeah. Like if you're a corner or a linebacker and you're not picking up the plays as you're playing, I mean, you're not going to 
play well. That's just as simple as that. So A-State is dead last in total defense. We established that last week. Went over there 130 out of 130 in the country in total defense. But here's your stat. Here's the gap of how bad A-State has been defensively. UMass is 129 out of 130 in total defense. So they are one spot ahead of A-State for the worst spot in the country. They have given up 2,589 yards of offense, which is terrible. But somehow... A-State is 230 yards worse than that, having given up 2,819 yards. They average giving up 564 yards per game almost. It's 563.8. Oh, my goodness. When you get zero stops, give up big explosive plays, and constantly put your offense in situations where they just have to be perfect, you won't win very many ball games. So there's a lot of blame to put on the defense, sure. Offensively, there's still some blame to put on the offense. Uh, you know, I think we kind of got a, you know, obviously the offensive line is going to look different going forward. You would hope it looks different going forward. Uh, you know, Jacob still comes in at center, and, you know, it looks like a much different team up front. They're blocking well, they're, you know, creating holes, and they look much better up front with Jacob still in. Uh, so, Robert Holmes is out uh, with a knee injury. So, that's a blow to the offensive line. On the depth chart, Jacob Steele is still listed as the backup center, but I don't know if that's going to be the case on Saturday. So, there's still a lot of, you know, there's still a lot of question marks to be answered about the offensive line. But... The turnovers are really what was just killer for A State. When you can't get stops and you you're constantly putting your offenses in your offense in situations where they have to be perfect, you can't turn the ball over. A State threw four interceptions. Blackman threw three of those four interceptions on Saturday. Uh, so you have four turnovers, all of which were interceptions on Saturday. And when you have to be perfect as an offense because you can't get stops defensively, you can't have turnovers. So. One of the things it's we talked bad. about, one of the things we talked about going into the game is that you know wanted to see Blackman look comfortable in the pocket because he really did look comfortable in the pocket uh, in the Tulsa game. He threw a pick, but his completion percentage was good. He threw for a lot of yards. He threw for two or three touchdowns in the Tulsa game, and it looked like he was taking a step forward and how what his comfort level was uh, in the pocket, but. He can't look comfortable and do anything when he's constantly pressured. Right. Six sacks, five quarterback hurries, and I guarantee you the number of times James Blackman took a hit on Saturday, whether it was him running for his life or the pocket collapsing or whatever, him throwing the ball away, I guarantee you that number was in the 20s. He took a lot of shots on Saturday, and that's something that just can't happen if you want to win football games. Your quarterback yeah. cannot be getting constantly beat up. Yeah, it, it was just a bad slate all around. I mean, honestly, looking at it, there's some positives you can take from the offense and just as a what? whole. I mean, what what positives can you take from the offense? You <laughs> okay, threw for fair. you threw for four hundred and forty yards, you scored thirty three points, you still turned the ball over, and you still like you still yeah. can't score enough to win games because you can't get stops defensively. There's not a whole lot of positives you can take out of this game. I mean, yeah. you have to really go full sugarcoat mode to take any positive that's, out of this that's game. That's what I was, I was trying to sugarcoat so, it a little bit. You know, and it's not like Georgia Southern is this elite defense either. They're, They're four not. spots ahead of A-State. They're 126 of 130 in total defense. I mean, I just think it's a deal where 
when you're not getting blocks and your quarterback is constantly running for his life and you can't establish the run game because no holes are opening up, it's to, this, to, to an extent, it's a little bit of an offensive line issue. This was supposed to be a better matchup and arguably one of your easier games in your schedule, and yeah. it has just been a nightmare. And I, I know last week we said it's not a must-win game, but I think after this performance, it's really telling of how this season's going to go. Well, yes, and we'll we'll get to that later on in the week. But you know, I don't. Maybe people are going all in on James Blackman. He's terrible. Whatever. I don't know. I don't pay attention to message boards. But I don't want to put the blame on James Blackman just because he had so much pressure. Um, I mean, Hatcher looked okay, but he didn't look great either. He had a lot of pressure. So I don't put any of the blame on this game on the quarterback situation there's also still no rushing for a state either it's four straight games they have failed to rush for over 100 yards they rushed for 200 and whatever yards in the opener against uca all of which pretty much came in the second half of play and since then they have failed to rush for 100 yards you can't win games when you can't run the football and a state has not run the football effectively since uca an fcs team in week one uh it's also the second straight game. Actually, I think it's the third straight game. A-State has been led by a cornerback or safety and tackles. That means a lot of plays are getting extended 10, 15, 20 yards. Uh, you have to go all the way down to f- sixth on the team to find a defensive lineman uh, in tackles. So a lot of plays are getting extended 10 to 15 yards. That is not a good sign. Uh, I mean, I guess the positive is that a-State is not as bad of a rush defense as Mizzou. Mizzou is 130 out of 130 in the country. A-State's 129 out of 130. So there's your positive. A-State's rush defense is a little bit better than Mizzou's. <laughs> so there's there's your positive. woo <laughs> But still, A-State's giving up uh, 6.7 yards per carry uh, on rushes and 254 yard, or 250 yards per game rushing. Georgia Southern went over 500 yards rushing on Saturday. Their season high. Uh, I would love to know when the last time was Georgia Southern had a back go for over 200 yards and had another back go for over 150 yards. Yeah, I would I'm venture curious. to guess it has been a long time. <laughs> and I don't know how you would find that stat, but I would venture to guess it's been a long time. I would also like to know the last time Georgia Southern had a running back that averaged 20.8 yards per carry like Logan Wright did on Saturday. Oh uh, by the way, three straight weeks now where an A-State opponent has had their conference's player of the week. Calvin Austin had it in the Memphis game. Uh, the Tulsa quarterback had it last week, and Logan Wright had it this week in the Sunbelt Conference. So three straight weeks where somebody on the opponents or somebody on the opposing team's offense has had the uh, conference player of the week. Um, so that there's an issue. Um, offensively, Again, we're just kind of the definition of just kind of the definition of one-dimensional offense. We've talked about this all throughout all throughout the season on the show. Uh, H State is 119th in the country in rushing offense. They have just 461 total rushing yards, an average of 92.2 yards per game. Nearly half of that output came in Week One against UCA. Over the last three games, they are not running the ball, or last four games, they are not running the ball to to save their lives. Um, but, I mean, I guess fifth in the country in passing offense, so that's good. But when you don't have – when your quarterbacks are constantly getting pressure and you don't have time to throw the ball. It's hard to get the offense hard. going, yeah. It's hard. And when you can't establish the run, it's hard. There are just a lot of – there are just a lot of – a lot of holes right now with this team. And it's 
you know, I don't, I don't know. It's it's a mixture of it's a mixture of a lot of things. Uh, how much better defensively would you be if you had Justin Rice at linebacker? Because right now, A State really has no linebacking core. I don't know. I mean, I think you'd be a little bit better defensively. How much better would you be if you had Brandon Bowling at wide receiver? I don't know. I think you'd be a little bit better offensively. You know, so it's a mixture of a lot of things. But right now, it's it's not good. And A State has a very short window to uh, turn it around and try and get their first conference win of the year and snap a four-game skid against the highest-ranked opponent to ever play at Centennial Bank Stadium on Thursday night when Coastal Carolina comes to town. So there's that. <laughs> there's there's that. Great positive uh, way to start the day. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, it's – I mean, what are you going to do? Like, no, yeah. There's – Yeah, there's nothing you can do. Like, there's – there's you can't really – there's not much to be positive about. Yeah, no, I, mean, I There's agree. really not. There's, I mean, if you sugarcoat it, it's just, I mean, there's no point. I mean, you can be positive about throwing for 443 <laughs> hey yards. guys, we, we did terrible. <laughs> but you also threw four interceptions. Like, I just, like, I don't, I don't know what there is to be positive about, honestly. I mean, no, it, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Punting? Is punting something we could be positive we about? We talk about the punter's form. I mean, I mean, Ryan Hansen good. averaged almost 42 <laughs> yards per punt along a 44 on Saturday, so he was good. There you but go. But if that's your player of the week, then you're not winning many ball games. I mean, I just, I don't know, man. All right, uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll continue uh, looking over this uh, A State and Georgia Southern game. Uh, we we usually do our six questions on Friday leading up to the game, so we'll look over that, uh, and uh, we'll just kind of continue going over uh, A State football and this A State Georgia Southern game uh, as we continue throughout the course of the program after this timeout here on the ticket. We're not ready to go to the closer just yet. Stick around. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Play it again. Sports wants to pay you money. Now that I have your attention, Plantigan Sports in Jonesboro wants to buy your used sports equipment. You heard me right. If you have something that's either outgrown or no longer being used, bring it to Plantigan Sports now. They're looking for youth and adult baseball and softball equipment, golf, weights and workout equipment, disc golf, you name it. Plantigan Sports can turn it into cash for you. Go buy Plantigan Sports at the corner of Highland and Caraway in Jonesboro. Football season is in full swing, and your friends at the ticket are talking about all the teams you care about. High school, Red Wolves, Razorbacks, we've got you covered with all your favorite shows, including The Front Row with Budro, RWRC Radio, The Workday Red Zone with Carol Ritchie, The Setup, and The Drive with Brad Bobo. And the ticket is Northeast Arkansas's home to the Dallas Cowboys. So if you want football, we're here for you on 1041 KBRI, KNEA AM 970, 95.3 and 96.9, The Ticket. Gazaway Ace and Paragould and Jonesboro remind you that whatever the project, they're the place that has everything you need. Fall is upon us, so skip the rake this season. Power up your fall cleanup with an Ego 650 power blower. Check out the full line of Ego tools and save 10% on the Ego 650 blower. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks, and helping you is the most important thing we do. That's Gazaway Ace on Hilltop and Jonesboro and West Kings Highway in Paragould. Gazaway Ace is the place you want to go. Hey everybody, it's Matt Stoltz and Brad Bobo. So everybody seems to have a podcast these days and well, we've decided to join the party. We'll release a new episode every Tuesday. Of course, we'll talk about what's going on with the Red Wolves, but we'll also be able to talk about some things we might not always get to. That's right. We'll have interviews, behind the scenes info, tell plenty of stories and have a whole lot of fun as we talk about everything A-State. It's the Second to None Podcast presented by Simmons Bank. New episodes every Tuesday wherever you get your podcast.
In times of fear, World Vision has been there for the most vulnerable. For the last 70 years, we've stood with kids and families during some of the world's hardest times. Through natural disasters, war, and disease, delivering life-saving aid and support, helping rebuild lives, and empowering entire communities to lift themselves out of poverty. And we're doing the same today. Because rising to these challenges is in our DNA. And with every act of courage, faith, and love, at home and abroad, we do more than just stop the spread of fear. We replace it with hope. Learn more at worldvision.org. If you came across a child struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? Where they speak? Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America. 200 food banks strong. We're always rooting for overtime round here. Now let's get back to the setup. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on a Monday, October 4th, 2021 edition of the show, 95.3, FM, The Ticket. 95.3, theticket.com. You know, it could always be worse. You could always be Urban Meyer today. Just think <laughs> about that. You could always be Urban Meyer. That's a fair point. <laughs> Where? Your Saturday night gets exposed on Twitter.com, and everyone sees exactly what you did, and now you have to go do a press conference to <laughs> debuff the situation where you lie in the press conference and more stuff comes out, and it's just a... It's a it's nightmare. A, it's, 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 a, it's a nightmare. Someone give them a show. Whoever's in the Jacksonville Jaguars PR department, you know, pour one out for them, I guess. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that seems like a nightmare. That's a, uh, that's a mess. So, I mean, I guess technically... It could always be worse, but I don't know how much worse it could be. Uh, all right, so we went over the on Friday leading up to the game, went over six things I wanted to see out of A-State in this game on Saturday. And um, we'll, we'll see if we got any answers to those uh, questions. So one of the things we said on Friday was just, uh, you know, continue to have big plays offensively. A-State coming into the game was 14th in the country in plays of 20 or more yards with 26, and they were 13th in the country in plays of 30 or more yards with 13th. So, felt like if you could consistently get those, um, that you would have a chance to win the game. And, I mean, I guess A-State did that. They had six plays of over 20 yards, but it doesn't really matter when you can't run and turn the ball over and can't get stops. Six plays of 20-plus yards is not a whole lot when you're giving up 50, 40, 50, 60-play yeah, touchdowns up, you know, to Georgia Southern on the other end. So, I mean, I guess that was good. A-State had six what we would consider explosive plays of 20 or more yards on Saturday. But, you know, it doesn't matter. In the bigger picture, the bigger it, doesn't picture matter, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So, that was the only answer that uh, we it had some semblance of a yes to. Uh, coming out of this game uh, on the other side said hey don't give up explosive plays over the last three games a state had given up 24 plays of over 20 or plus yards and uh, they had also given up seven plays of 50 plus yards in that span well 
in the last three weeks now, they have given up 10 plays of 50-plus yards because they gave up a 59, a 54, and another 59 on Saturday. So the answer to that question is no. Back-to-back games where they've given up nine plays of 20 or more yards. Three straight games, again, where they – the opposing team has had a conference player of the week. So that's a no. Uh, we, we've kind of gone over a lot of these questions in our opener, but we'll still run down the list. Uh, one of the things is that so one of the see Blackman look more comfortable in the pocket. You know, he looked very comfortable in the Tulsa game. Well, he didn't look very comfortable in this one, basically, because every time he dropped back to throw, he was running for his life. Also, A-State threw the ball 61 times in the Georgia Southern game. That is a lot of times to throw the football and only rushed it 25 times. I mean, that is a lot of times to throw the football and not a lot of times to rush the football. Now, I say A-State rushed it 25 times. Six of those rushes were James Blackman getting sacked, so Blackman had six rushes for negative 35 yards on Saturday so really, A-State only called 19 run plays on Saturday as opposed to their, I guess, 67, 66 called passing plays going off the sacks that Blackman took. So really, A-State did not call a lot of run plays on Saturday at all. Right. 61 passes, 66 passes, whatever it is, is a lot of times to throw the football. It is. It is. Uh, we've asked the same question every week. Can A-State establish any type of running game? Nope. 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 Could have called that one. <laughs> uh, wanted to see Marcel Murray back. I guess we saw Marcel Murray. He had three rushes for five yards. He wasn't much of a factor. Um, we saw Lincoln Perry. He had seven rushes for 54 yards. He wasn't much of a factor. Lane Hatcher had a big rush for 40 yards, but A-State still never ran the ball. Um, the other thing, can A-State get pressure from the defensive line? Uh, they had 22 tackles for loss going into the game and a few fumbles forced. They had just two tackles for loss in that Georgia Southern game. You Yikes. had to go down to number six on the tackles chart uh, to find an A-State defensive lineman. So, no, A-State did not perform well on the defensive line on Saturday against Georgia Southern. So, um, And the other thing is just, hey, maybe A-State can get a win and stop the bleeding where they aren't where they haven't lost four straight games going into Coastal and Lafayette, and no, that's not the case. I mean, I guess you feel a little bit better about the Lafayette game than you did in August because Lafayette has looked susceptible. But also, if you're giving up 500 rushing yards to Lafayette, you're not winning that game. So Yeah, I know. You know, it, it, it is what it is. So uh, right now, it's, it's not very good. Um, I do... I do wonder how much apathy has set in. Not with Butch Jones, because I don't. I don't know that a lot of people are ready to be on the train of fire Butch, blame Butch. I mean, he's one season in and five yeah, games no. in. If you're on that train, you're ridiculous. There's no reason to be. So there, there there are certain things that I mean. I guess you could fault him for whatever, but I don't necessarily fault him for this entire situation of where A State football is at right now. I don't either. Uh, but I do wonder between just the one and four start to this year, how last season went after the Kansas State win, and just kind of the setting in at six and six, seven and five type seasons with Blake Anderson his last few years leading up to last year, and the fact that really like 
you go and look at the recruiting classes from 17, 18, and 19, and not a lot of those guys are big contributors for A-State right now. There right. has not been a high retention rate in the last few Blake Anderson recruiting classes. And even their retention rates, I mean, there's not a lot of good players in there. So yeah, I do wonder how much apathy has set in between that and this start to the season. And I just I don't know what to expect on Thursday night. I don't expect much. I expect it to I expect the crowd not to be very good at all on Thursday night. Yeah, it's it's not gonna be great. So I don't know. I don't know. I think uh you know, we kind of did the blame game on the uh, Workday Red Zone earlier, and I think there's a lot of people you can point fingers at. But, you know, I, I'd say – Here's the reality of the situation. A-State, since the start of last year, has had three defensive, three different defensive coordinators. They have run three different defensive schemes, and none of them have worked effectively. Now, you can look at that one of two ways. You can say, all right, well, A-State has not had any good defensive coaches in the last – in the last three cycles. I mean, I guess that might be true to an extent. I don't know. Or you can say, well, maybe the talent's not there defensively. And I think that's probably more true than saying A-State's had three bad coaches defensively over the last three defensive cycles. Because you're on defensive coordinator number three since the start of last season. Right. I think, yeah, I think at some point you stop blaming the person in charge. You start blaming the people he's around. I mean, or the people he has under him. I mean, he can only do so much with the players he has. Yeah. That's any coach's problem. I mean, and everyone's so quick to go immediately to the coach because that's just how college football is and professional sports in general are like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, you just got to kind of keep your head down and hope for the best because this season obviously is going to be a struggle as we've seen thus far. Yeah. But, you know, like you said, 60 new players, whole new staff. It was bound to happen. It's a brand new yeah. team. Yeah. So next, se- if this is next season, his second year, then you can kind of pick and pull whatever you think is going on. And I don't even know then though. I mean, I just there's the cupboard is so bare defensively right, right. now. Yeah, it is going to take so long to build it back up. I mean, there are no Demario Davises on this defense. Mm-mm. There, there are no Don Jones on this defense. There are no Forrest Merrills on this defense. They, you don't have the, the standout players like you've had in years past defensively. You don't have that standout linebacker who's going to knock your head off like you've had in years past. Right. You just there's just the cupboard is kind of bare right just, now. So it's, it's going to take time. Yeah, it it is, and um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of factors, but. I mean, it's just kind of the reality of the situation right now. Yeah, no, and it's not like you can't build it back up at some point because you can. Yeah, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen oh, this no. year. A State's no. not going to come out on Thursday night and we're going to look up and they're going to be up twenty-one nothing or something. No great uh, college football program was built overnight. It's yeah. been a few years. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, all right, we do need to take a break. Uh, we'll come back and uh, continue on with a Monday setup after this on the ticket. Kara's icing down. Bobo's in the pen. But Kate and Andrew are dealing. The setup continues right after this on The Ticket. We have another full Friday night of high school football action this week across the EAB Sports Network. Join us as Jonesboro goes to Pine Bluff on 95.3 and 96.9 The Ticket. And in 5A East action, Valley View plays at win on 101.3 KBTM, while Brooklyn hosts Green County Tech on 101.7 KISS FM, and Nettleton travels to Paragold on 94.1 Bob FM. High school football is brought to you by First National Bank. NEA Bath 
Baptist, Real Estate Nate, the Cavanaugh Auto Group, St. Bernard's, JOSM, and Domino's Pizza. Pre-game coverage starts at 6.30 Friday night on this EAB Sports Network station. At Mr. T's, they know football games start way before kickoff. And that's why Mr. T's is your tailgate party headquarters this football season. Get 30 packs of Bud, Bud Light, Coors, and Miller Light for just $20.75, tax included. Plus, Mr. T's has the largest selection of beers and wines from around the world, all at the absolute best prices. So make the game-winning drive to Mr. T's at Riverside or Mr. T's Express in Red Onion, Missouri. And as always, Mr. T's reminds you to drink responsibly. Mr. T's at Riverside. Be part of a company that helps get food to grocery stores, medicine to pharmacies, and online orders to customers around the world. Hytrill has been an industry leader for over half a century, and they're ready for you to join their team. Design and build new conveyor systems and technology at a company that people want to work with and want to work for. One that puts its employees, partners, and customers first. Join the Hytrill family. Apply today at careers.hytrill.com. Hey, it's John G. for George Kale Motors in Newport. Have you ever been to a car dealership and a salesperson chases you around like you stole something? At George Kale Motors, we won't chase you around or lie in front of your car to make you stop. But we will try to do everything we can to make you comfortable and enjoy your shopping experience. We offer great selection, great prices, and exceptional service after the sale. View our entire inventory at georgekalemotors.com or come see us at Newport off Highway 67, Exit 85, GMC and George Kale Motors. We are professional grade. As a rural physician who has been practicing for 40 years, I encourage everyone in Arkansas and all of my patients to get vaccinated. During the time of COVID, I did quite a bit of of reading and research. I feel like from all of that evidence that the vaccines are safe and effective. Save lives. Get your vaccination. Learn more at healthy.arkansas.gov. This message brought to you by the Arkansas Department of Health. So, you want to be a hero. Here are some ways to get the job. Hunt down that killer shark. Or run into a burning house to save a kitten. Luckily, there's an easier way to become a hero. Call 911 if you see someone experiencing the symptoms of stroke. Sudden weakness on one side or trouble speaking, walking, or seeing. Stroke. Know the signs. Act in time. You'll be a real hero. A message from the National Institute of Neurological Disorders and Stroke. It's the quickest hour in sports talk. That was fast. Now back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Just over halfway home on a Monday edition of the program, Monday, October 4th edition of the program. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here on the ticket. By the way, I never anticipated how weird it would be that Facebook is down. Yeah, it was weird. I yeah, saw that like today. I, like I, don't, I never really get on Facebook, but <laughs> not having the ability to get on Facebook kind well, of throws me off. Instagram's down too. Yeah, the Instagram one, Facebook. Yeah, yeah, the Instagram one is is much more um much more noticeable, I guess, than the Facebook one. It's but, very unfortunate. <laughs> but still, like I just keep getting on and expecting a different result and it's been the same thing since like eleven o'clock. I had 10, to, 30, 11 o'clock this morning. I needed to promote something on my Instagram and like Twitter and everything and of course it happened today. <laughs> like this is the one day out of the whole week I needed to put some stuff on there and I looked and I was like, Oh, cool. That's I mean, great. I guess Twitter's up, so we got that going for us, which is nice. But 
Yeah, Twitter's like the only Twitter. Twitter and Snapchat. I guess are the only social media is up right now. So it's a weird, weird it's day. A weird day. Yeah, weird day without Facebook and Instagram up. It's very weird. Um. All right. So we talked a lot about this uh, A State game. Early look at Coastal. By the way, that line opened at. I think most places it was either Coastal uh, minus 17 or Coastal minus 17 and a half in just over 24 hours because I think they opened up yesterday around noon. So in just over 24 hours, Coastal has shot up to a 19 and a half point favorite. The over has gone from 69, 70 range to 71 and a half. And so... All the money for this game on uh, Thursday night is currently coming in on the number 15th-ranked Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, which is not surprising. Right. Um, hey, if you throw some money in Arkansas State, get a nice little return. <laughs> uh, yeah, let's see here. you gotta be, you got to be confident for, <laughs> for sure, though. Let's, let's see here. A $20 bet on Arkansas State would net you $140. A $100 bet on Arkansas State money line would net you uh, $700 plus your 100 back, so 800 total. So, yeah, I mean, if, if A-State pulls off the unthinkable, <laughs> if they pull off the upset, then if you bet on it. I mean, you know people are going to do that, definitely. There's those crazy gamblers out there. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck on that. Uh, all right, so we'll, we'll talk a little bit more A-State before we – before we kind of get into the national college football scene uh, and kind of everything that happened over the uh, weekend. I do, and we kind of went over it in the last segment. Again, I do wonder just uh, how long it's going to take for A-State to get back on track because I don't think there's a magic fix for the defense there's not. I this mean, it, year. it's just, just gonna. It's gonna take time and effort and yeah. patience. Honestly, there's no. There's no magic scheme defensively that you can run. Right. That will prevent big rushing plays. I mean, all right. You're gonna have an eight man box. Fine. We'll throw it over the top of you and go score seventy five exactly. yard touchdowns exactly. through the air. Like I, the, the, when you don't have the when you don't have the talent in the secondary. Because I do think in the defensive line didn't play well Saturday. Whatever. I do think the defensive line has been an improvement because basically you're putting all of your best defensive players on that defensive line. And like they, they've been solid this year. They've gotten tackles for loss. They've gotten in the backfield. They've created havoc, but they didn't do that Saturday. Right. When, when the defensive line is off, it's, it's, it, it gets really bad. There is still a little bit of a saving grace when Kevon Bennett or Joe Azugu or whoever else on the defensive line is playing well. Because they can get in the backfield, they can put teams behind the chains and make it second or third down and long. And there is a little bit of a saving grace. It's like, okay, okay, we can get out of this. Right. But if the defensive line is not getting a push, then it's just inevitable that you're giving up at least three, most likely seven. Here's what I'll say, and this is the last thing I'll say on the defense, but um, with all these issues, like we said, it's going to take time, patience, r- new recruits and everything. But the problem is with that comes you need to win key games to get recruits because no one's going to want to come to Arkansas State if you're just a mess. I mean, I'm just being honest. And well, with the head coach, it helps. I will say it helps. But it it's not going to be as big of a push or a, I guess, 
marketing factor if you're trying to get these heavy I mean, recruits. to play devil's advocate here. Okay. If you're a defensive player and you're a three-star recruit, mm-hmm. two-star, three-star recruit, most of your offers are coming from the group of five, be it Memphis, Tulsa, whatever. Most of your offers are coming from the Sun Belt, the American, whatever. Maybe you have a few Power Fives sprinkled in, but most of your offers where you're going to play significant snaps are coming in the group of five. Mm-hmm. If you watch the A-State defense and, you, and you're a defensive player, like, why would you not come? You're going to play. You're going to play immediately. Like you're. That's a fair point. If you're on That's campus next point. year, you're going to play. That's a fair point. I mean it. And again, I get your point. But yeah, also not, just no, to I'm play not. devil's advocate, it just yeah. If you're a high school senior and you're a two to three star defensive recruit, and you know your best chance to get significant snaps is going to play in the American or the Sun Belt or whatever other league in the group of five, why would you not want to come to A State? Start as a freshman. That's fair. That's a so, fair point. It, I don't know. It either just, either it, way, uh, I see the point. But yeah, it's it's just rough. It, uh, it it's going to take time, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully, you kind of get through the next two game stretch, and there's more there's more winnable games on the schedule. I mean, you have South Alabama, you have Monroe, you have Georgia State, you have Texas State. There is an opportunity, and I don't know if it's going to be an opportunity where you could get to six and go to a bowl game. I don't know, but there is an opportunity to have a little bit of a late season surge and kind of feel good about yourselves going into year two yeah the season's the season's not over I want to express that the season is not over it's not like this is the end of the world but it's definitely a really deep hole you got to dig yourself out of that's that's the biggest thing to take away yeah I mean it is a deep hole but you're also you're only on one in Sunbelt play and it true again true again I don't expect like A State's going to go run the tables, and they're going to we're going to look up at the end of the year, and they're going to be this eight and four team who has one Sun Belt loss. Right. No, no, but I don't know. It you got to play borderline yeah, perfect. It just kind of is what it is at this point. Yeah, uh, but anyway, so A State and Coastal coming up Thursday night uh, at six thirty over on one hundred seven nine K Fine at ESPNU from Centennial Bank Stadium. So. Uh, we'll have a short week on the show to really kind of look at Coastal, so we'll start diving into Coastal tomorrow and really kind of put this A-State-Georgia-Southern game uh, to bed. Uh, Thank God. Yeah, because I mean, really, it's... it's There's not much all, else you can all, say. All yeah. we're going to do if we keep talking about the A-State-Georgia-Southern game is just kind of go over the same points and repeat ourselves because it's, again, yeah, Ryan it's, Hansen's a good punter. That's a good, that's a positive <laughs> to take away from this game. Ryan Hansen's really good. He's maybe he's, the our, best, Matt, he's our he's our favorite player. He's maybe the, the best punter we've had since Cody Grace. The setups player of the week is the punter. Ryan Hansen for the uh, Ray Guy Award. Ryan Hansen. <laughs> Ryan Hansen for punter of the year. Sunbelt punter of the week every week. I love it. I love it. <laughs> that's, a, that's a shining spot right now. Woo! All right, uh, we'll come back. Uh, we'll look at the college football weekend as a whole. Go over some of the NFL stuff uh, and close out a Monday setup after this on the ticket. Our advice, just take the over. More of the setup is coming up next on The Ticket. Candle prices on the rise. Hello, I'm Scotty Woodson on the EAB Ag Network with your EAB Market Countdown. December corn at 540 and three quarters, down three quarters with March corn at 549 and three quarters unchanged. November soybeans to 1235 and three quarters, down 10 and three quarters with January soybeans to 1246 and a quarter, down 10 and a quarter. December wheat at 756 and a half, up one and a quarter with March wheat at 768 and a quarter, up two and a quarter. October cotton at 
106.93 up 40. December cotton at 104.93 also up 40. November rice 13.54 down seven and a half cents. January rice at 13.80 and a half down six. Moving on to livestock now. October live cattle at 122.62 and a half up 222 and a half. December live cattle at 128.05 up 285. October feeder cattle at 155 even up 225. And November feeder cattle at 155.02 and a half up 212 and a half. October lane hogs at 90.80 down 150. December hogs at 83.10 down 207 and a half. That's your EAB market countdown brought to you by Pico Foods. Now buying corn and Milo direct from local farmers in Arkansas, Alabama, Missouri, and Mississippi. Attention farmers. Pico Foods wants you to know how much they appreciate your business and that they are ready to buy your stored corn and Milo. Pico Foods purchases year-round and always at competitive prices. The eighth largest poultry producer in the U.S. and a fourth-generation family-owned business, Pico Foods believes in supporting local producers, so they buy corn and Milo from farmers' bins at competitive prices year-round. Call today. In Arkansas, David Durham or James Chester at 870 202 in Alabama and Mississippi, contact Greg Berter, John Taylor Hickman, 601-670-9383. Thursday night, October 7th, the eyes of the college football world will be on Centennial Bank Stadium as Butch Jones and the Red Wolves take on the highest-ranked team to ever come to Jonesboro. The Coastal Carolina shot to clears, and you can be there for just $5. Help make this game a sellout. First 1,000 fans into the stadium receive a complimentary Red Wolves flag. Make sure you're there for this historic night. To order tickets, go to astateredwolves.com or call 870-972-2781. What are you looking for in a dentist? Experience, a friendly, caring staff, the latest in procedures and technology? You can have all of those things at Brooklyn Dental. Dr. Tony and Dr. Adams have been taking care of patients across the area for years and have brought that care to the all-new Brooklyn Dental. They're accepting new patients right now and work with all types of insurance. So why wait? Call Brooklyn Dental now at 393 to schedule an appointment. That's 393-5330. Brooklyn Dental, open now on Highway 49 North in Brooklyn. Collision Repair in Jonesboro knows the hassle that a wreck or fender bender causes in our day-to-day lives. You need to be back in your vehicle fast and don't have time to keep taking it back into the shop for missed details. Collision Repair is committed to delivering quality work in a timely manner so you can be back on the road fast. You'll be glad you chose Collision Repair to get your car back to normal after an accident. Get your vehicle fixed right the first time. Call Collision Repair at 935-9482. Timeout's over, and we're going to a full court press. Now let's get back to the setup on the ticket. All right, welcome back here on the setup. Kate Carlton, Andrew Bowen with you here for about another 10 minutes or so, closing out a Monday setup here on 95.3 and 96.9, the ticket, 970 AM KNEA. Uh, by the way, just a uh, heads-up programming note. Uh, so tomorrow we'll have a chance to chat with Mitchell Gladstone of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette at 12.05. We'll also have our weekly chat uh, with Curtis Wilkerson of Hawk Sports at uh, 2.30. Wednesday, we'll still have our chat with uh, Philip Butterfield uh, coming up at uh, 2.30. Thursday, going to be just a strictly Coastal Carolina game preview show. And then Friday, we'll be joined by uh, Lang Whitman, the Railbird. So uh, a busy couple of days coming up on the uh, program, both tomorrow and Wednesday. And then obviously Thursday, uh, getting it set for the a State and Coastal Carolina game on Thursday night. But great content. You won't want to miss it. Yeah. All right. So 
this weekend in college football was it it was it was a good weekend overall, I guess. But it really was the separation weekend. In, yeah, you saw teams starting to pull away in college football. Um, you know, a lot of people, I guess, bought into the the Kool Aid of hey, maybe Georgia and Alabama could get beat. I was probably one of those people. I, I didn't, I didn't know if Ole Miss could win the game, but I thought they would. I thought it would be five minutes yeah. to go in the fourth quarter. I thought it would be a tie game, one touchdown game. It would be a game that goes down to the wire. I did too. I didn't know that Arkansas could win the game, but I thought Arkansas could score a few points, and it might be a thirty-one to fourteen final or something, and Georgia scores a late touchdown to kind of pull away. Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> well, Georgia's really good. Georgia yeah. has the best defense in the country. You know, I kind of going in, all the offenses they had played had been in the bottom 70 of total offensive rankings in the NCAA. But they have the best defense in college football, and I don't think it's it's particularly close. It, like, they aren't great offensively. I don't even know if I would consider them good offensively. But you don't have to be good offensively when, 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 when you don't good. give up points. Like yeah. You don't have to be good offensively when you just don't give up points at all. Arkansas had 87 passing yards, 75 rushing yards. They could not move the ball on Georgia. And it like Arkansas is a pretty good offense. They aren't a great offense. They're a good offense. They've been a good rushing offense all year. They had 87 rushing yards. Georgia is the clear best defense in the country. I don't know that I would call them the best team in the country. I would call them the best defense in the country, mainly because for all the talk about Alabama going on the road at Florida and, you know, hey, Florida's not that good and Florida may be not that good and Alabama just snuck out with the win and yada, yada, yada. Alabama's good. Like, Alabama is good. Um, all right, so quick side note. Went to Tuscaloosa on Saturday. I like going to Tuscaloosa. It's – the stadium's nice. The campus is nice. The stadium's nice except for the concourse. The concourse is a joke. But the stadium's <laughs> nice. The campus is nice. It's a quick four-hour trip down there, four-and-a-half-hour yeah. trip. It's not, I like going to Tuscaloosa. I've sadly only been during spring break to tour it in high school. I've never been to an actual game, so I need to get down there. Yeah, I, I like going to Tuscaloosa. It's a cool trip. Um, and it was a pretty cool atmosphere. There was – there might have been a thousand empty seats in a one hundred and two thousand seat stadium. So by wow. kickoff, it was a hundred and one out of a hundred and two thousand, maybe a little bit more than that. But I mean, it was it was it was pretty packed. Sounds wild. It got loud. I mean, it was loud. It was the loudest I've heard a college football stadium in years, maybe ever. It was loud. The first three or four times Ole Miss had the football, it was loud. But my main takeaway was that. First off, Ole Miss does not have the offensive or defensive line to win in those games. They just don't. They don't have the offensive or defensive line to compete with Bama or Georgia. But Alabama is so much better than everyone else. Like, it's not even funny. I don't even think Bryce Young is really he, – he's fine. He's a good quarterback. He's a good game manager. But, man, Brian Robinson at running back is incredible. Yeah. Uh, their defense is stout. Uh them it's it's either them and Georgia who's the best team in the country and both of them are pretty doggone good I mean I wouldn't be surprised if that was the SEC championship and the national championship game Alabama and Georgia so I do think it's Georgia and Bama and everyone else 
I agree. I mean, I don't know. Maybe maybe Arkansas will miss or eight or nine win teams. That's a very real possibility. I also think it's a very real possibility Arkansas and Ole Miss might be the battle for the Sugar Bowl this weekend because I think Bama and Georgia are just that much better than everyone else. I walked away not thinking that Ole Miss and Arkansas are terrible. Like Ole Miss and Arkansas are still good. They're just not as good or even on the same level as Alabama and Georgia. Right, right. But to be quite honest, maybe Penn State or Iowa, whoever wins that game Saturday, and that's it, is on the level with Did Alabama and Georgia. Did you see the SEC power rankings? They uh, had no. They had Georgia at number one and Bama at two. I mean that's that's fair. That's yeah. fair. But I don't know. We don't know. Who, we don't know who's better till they play. Um, but anyways, great atmosphere at Bama. Uh, so I've been two times before, and I don't know if I just either didn't notice it or wasn't paying attention or had just completely slipped my mind. But it's like a holy figure enters the stadium when they show Nick Saban on the video board. Like, they show Saban on the video board walking out of the locker room, his entire walk from the locker room onto the field, and it is like this holy figure has entered the stadium when to Nick Saban fair, enters. To be fair, it has. <laughs> that I mean, man yeah, is their, that but man it's is just, their god. <laughs> it's one of those deals where it's like, this is kind of weird, but I love it. Like It's <laughs> it's kind of weird that you're immortalizing this guy so much, but is, I love it. It is a little weird. <laughs> so... It, it's both cool and weird, but it was it was definitely something to see on I'm Saturday. I'm just picturing people on the sidelines just bowing down to him. I mean, it's like a – I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what to – little halo above his head. Like when an artist comes on the stage and you're at the concert and right. everyone just like – there's just this mass rising and everyone like gets on their feet and starts clapping. Like that's exactly what it is when Saban enters the stadium. It's like it's like a hundred and two thousand strong just get on their get feet. Get loud or, tonight, Tuscaloosa. Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly what it is. That's so funny. Uh, other college football news uh, or other college football games. Uh, Cincinnati beats uh, Notre Dame on Saturday. It that really a, had that was a great game. Really had chances to probably make that even more than a twenty four to thirteen game, but nonetheless, Cincinnati gets the win. Uh, they're not number five in the AP poll, so. Depending on what happens this weekend, they might could move up to number four. Uh, they don't have another ranked game left on their schedule, which I think is going to hurt them a little bit. But uh, anyways. If they, if they remain undefeated, I think it'll be fine. We'll but see. We'll, we'll see. see how that goes. Uh, in other news, um, Kentucky beat Florida on Saturday, which was cool. Um, so Kentucky now in the top 25, by the way, cool place to go watch a game in Lexington. Um, uh, like I know they're a basketball school and whatever, but that's a pretty cool stadium to go watch a game at. But, uh, Hey, you called it. You said Kentucky was really good and no one was giving them credit. Kentucky's a top 25 defense of the country. Like I, they, they're okay offensively, but they are really, really good defensively. So I just call it like you they see They finally rank Kentucky, <laughs> which is, which is good. Rightfully so. Um, so yeah, that was that was kind of the um, the college football slate uh, this weekend. So I guess A and M's bad. Yeah, they're not good. And I guess Orgeron maybe possibly on the hot seat now that they've lost. I think so. I, I still think if they go, they have three games left before they play at Ole Miss. Pretty sure all three of those games are against ranked teams. And then there's a bye before they play at Alabama. Yeah, it's in between in between Ole Miss and Alabama. Yeah, it's uh it's, it's Kentucky, Florida, Ole Miss, 
bye week, and then Alabama. If they're 0-3 in that stretch and have the bye week going into Bama. I think he might be I gone. Don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's wrong. another, it's another coach's firing watch. Coach, yeah. <laughs> Here on Hot the side seat of. watch. <laughs> Uh, so that was the college football slate this weekend. Uh, NFL yesterday wasn't just a whole lot that went on. Uh, yeah, it was boring. The Brady the Brady return was like in the pregame it was cool, and then the game itself was boring. I turned the game off at the half. Like I had no interest in watching that game. It was it was very boring. Uh, what I'm going to say is the Titans losing to the Jets. Come on, yeah, man. I did come watch a good. Now. I did watch a good bit of that uh, <laughs> mainly because for whatever reason, like that game was on the. Uh, like even on Sunday Ticket on Directv, when you clicked on Packers and Steelers, that game was on over it. Yeah, the only way to watch Packers and Steelers was like through the Sunday Ticket app. Oh, Red Zone, it kept they would yeah. switch so, to one game and they go, "We're going to go back to the Titans Jets game." So I mean, I wound up watching all of overtime just because <laughs> yeah, I couldn't same. watch Packers and Steelers like I wanted to. And so I mean, it was I had the same fine, problem. <laughs> fine, whatever. But anyways uh tonight it is uh the uh, las vegas raiders at the los angeles chargers sofi stadium in inglewood so it'll be a good game we'll see what happens there all right that does it for a uh monday edition of the setup busy show upcoming tomorrow on the ticket here on the setup the drive with brad bobo is next from three to six seven to ten tomorrow morning it's the front row with budro budro ten to twelve it's Red Wolf Roll Call with JC, 12 to 2, the Workday Red Zone. And that gets you back to us tomorrow from 2 to 3. So for Andrew, I'm Cade saying so long. Have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.